So, all right, so we got an important subject to talk about tonight, right? And it's called exit strategies. You know, if you follow me on Instagram, if you follow my lives, if you take some of my classes, you realize that I talk a lot about exit strategies. And the reason why I talk about this is because one of the biggest business failures I've had in my life was because of the lack of an exit strategy. I, I had no way out, right? I, I didn't understand the importance of having an exit strategy, whether it's investment, stocks, or business, even in life, right? Because if we think about life, is that eventually you have to exit life, right? You can't, we can't live forever. So what's the ultimate exit strategy? Well, it's having a will. That's the ultimate exit strategy. At the end of your life, you have to have a will because that's the only way we can preserve generational wealth. A will has to be created, right? So that means that you have to have an exit strategy even when you finally die, right? So let's talk more about exit strategies, right? We're going to say this is one of my favorite topics. I love talking about this because if I would have had an exit strategy in that first business failure, I, I, would, I would be, you know, uh, I would have never had that failure. So, so let's just talk about the definition of an exit strategy, right? An exit strategy is a plan that's executed by an investor, trader, venture capitalist, or business owner to liquidate their positions, reduce risk, and create uh, and dispose of tangible uh, business assets, right? So what does that mean, right? So, you know, whenever you start, whenever you enter a position, right? Let's talk about entering a position in stocks, in business. What that means is now you got money at stake. Now you got time at stake. Because some people start businesses, don't have a lot of money, but they do have a lot of time. So they put a lot of time in this business. Well, eventually that initial capital or your time has to be converted into a profit. Eventually it has to, everybody, eventually it has to, right? So what are we talking about here, right? So when you enter a position, you start a business, whatever, there's two things that can happen. It could be investment, it could be uh, stocks, it could be a business, but two things can happen. One thing is that you meet your objective you actually get the profit you thought you were gonna get, right? So if I put my money into a stock, and now I reach, I say, look, I'm going for 20%, right? That's my that's my plan going forward. So I meet the 20%, now I'm able to execute my exit strategy. I can put in a trailing stop, I can sell it at, at, my, at a gain, or I can do something else, right? But it has to have some kind of strategy there. Now, what's the other thing that can happen? It can go against what I thought would happen. So I can start losing money. In a business, I can start losing money. In a stock, I can start losing money in an investment. So what do I do then? You have to have a plan for both ways. You have to know how I'm gonna handle this. How am I gonna handle the loss as well as the gain? The exit plan has two, you know, it's two-pronged effect, right? It has to handle both of those scenarios, right? So let's go back to one of my biggest business failures, right? So when I was uh back, you know, let's say we go back to 2000, even in 2008 when I started this company, so I had a company and we did uh, mobile development. We did mobile app development, web development, whatever. So I started this company kind of like, a, you know, I was in a grad school and just started because people were asking me to do apps for them or whatever because, you know, I was pretty good at that. So people were like, well, we, you, let's do apps, whatever. So I was like, well, I started a company, right? It grew and grew and grew. It really wasn't a plan. It really was not, you know, anything to like, you know, I didn't have an exit strategy. I just was doing it. So the company grew rapidly, right? So I had a bunch of people working for me. It was bringing in a lot of revenue, right? Uh, but I had, I, it was no plan. I really didn't have a plan. So eventually what happened is that the revenue dropped. 
right? And, and then what did I start doing? I still had no plan. Well, I had no plan to cut losses. If, you know, if I would have cut losses earlier, I would have saved a lot of money. And it actually put me in a, the biggest hole in my life. So about the third year in, I was making a lot of money. The fourth year, we started losing money, right? So I really didn't know how to handle that. I was younger. I didn't know what to do, so I just kept losing. So I went and got loans. I went and got some loans, uh, high-interest loans at that. And I, uh, and you know, and I took those loans out. Pretty soon, the loans were gone. So then I went and got more loans, even higher interest rate. And pretty soon, those loans were gone. And I got even higher loans. And pretty soon, I'm a hundred thousand, hundred some thousand dollars in debt before I even knew it at twenty percent interest on average. So I'm like, oh man, what do I do, man? So I still had no exit strategy. So one day I just walked in and I was like, man, I can't lose a thousand dollars a day. That's how I got. That's how bad it got. So I, in interest and all the, the, you know, everything I had to pay for it was like a thousand a day I was losing. And I was like, man, you know, I gotta let this go. I gotta, I gotta let this go. So I let the business go, and ended up having to uh, work myself out of that hundred thousand dollar debt. I had two jobs for a while, worked myself out of it, started another company, was very successful, but. On that first company, had I come up with an exit strategy to handle those types of losses, I would have been better off, right? So let's talk about exit strategies more. Let's talk about what you should do. Let's talk about how they can be planned, right? So an effective exit strategy is planned for, it doesn't matter, positive and negative contingencies, right? It has to be, it doesn't matter, right? So you have to have uh, an exit strategy, even, even when you go to college, right? Because that's an important thing. If somebody... Uh, just wrote that right now. They said, look, I don't like student loans. So when you go to college, you got to have an exit strategy. That's where a lot of people fail when it comes to student loans, right? Is that they'll, people will go into college and they'll take, and I, I'm, not, I'm not picking on anybody, nothing, they'll take basket weaving. Right now, you should understand that basket weaving only pays like, let's say $30,000 a year. So why would you take out $100,000 in loans for a $30,000 a year job? See, that's what I'm talking about is that when you start anything, because when you start open up a loan, you're, open, you're risking money, right? That's, that's the same thing as money. It's future money, but it's still money. So I go to college, I open up a position. So I open, I open up myself to risk. So then I go to school for some uh, you know, degree. Oh, I love basket weaving. Okay, well, that's cool. You can love whatever you want, but you got to pay these big loans you just took out. You got to pay the loans. So, and then they go to school, they run up a bill. Like, you know, I did it too, but you know, uh, but I actually went to school for a high-paying career. But some people don't do that. They go low careers, but they run up this huge debt and get out of school and can't pay for it. And they're like, well, you know, you know, but no, because you didn't have the proper exit strategy when you went to college. But they're young. People are young. They, it's hard to, you know, young people sometimes just from lack of experience, you know, sometimes you got to give them a pass on certain things like that. But, you know, uh, that's what it is, right? That's what it is. So, yeah, that's the thing about credit strategy didn't cost the same as basket weaving, but you have to kind of understand it. You, we, we, we shouldn't blame the students because they're young, you don't know. There's some kind of lack of education there. We got to be able to teach our teach our kids about the exit strategy. Because th that's something that I'm telling you, exit strategy, and over the years, I've dealt with a lot of business owners. Through my mentorship program, I deal with a lot of business owners. Through uh, my finance classes, stock classes, I deal with a lot of people new to this. And these, a lot, the, one of the, the biggest, I'm telling you, in all three of those things, investing, stocks, business, the biggest, the biggest problem people have is lack of understanding of exit strategies. Lack of understanding on how to plan that out. 
And I'm telling you, that changes the game for people. That changes the game for people. Is that people don't understand. They get into stuff and like nobody teaches you this, right? You know, I was talking to somebody earlier and we talked about the sphere of, of knowledge, right? There's a sphere of knowledge or a circle of knowledge, you want to call it. So in the circle of knowledge, you have two, you have two halves. The first half is things you know. The second half is things you don't know, right? So in the, the first half, we got things we know, things we know we know. Then we got things we know we don't know. Those are both in the first half. For example, I know that I don't know how to do brain surgery. I know that. I know I don't know how to do brain surgery. And I also know that I'm good at software engineering. I know I'm good at finance. I know I'm good at that. I know I don't know about uh, brain surgery. But what about the things I don't know that I don't know? And that's probably a whole bunch of it, right? So a lot of people, there's things you, like people don't, don't know that they don't know about exit strategies. So with that being said, they don't know that they don't know it. So they can't even go out and find knowledge on it because they don't know that they don't know. Somebody has to expose you to this stuff, especially finance, economics, business planning. Somebody has to be there to expose you to it. So that now that now that moves into the other half, you know that you don't know it. Now somebody is enabled to go out and find knowledge. They're enabled to go out and find education. They're enabled to ask questions. But if you don't know that you don't know it, then you never would even look for it because you don't know, you, you have no idea that that's out there. And a lot of people experience this when it comes to options, financial derivatives, stuff like they didn't know that that was even out there. They had no idea somebody has to expose, expose them to it so that they understand that these things are out there. And then the person is enabled to go out and find knowledge. They're enabled to seek knowledge. They're enabled to find an information and fill those information holes in their, uh, in their life. So that's what we're talking about here with the exit strategy is that people don't know that they don't know this. So they open up businesses, they open up you know, investments, they open up stock accounts, and they don't know that they don't know this. So they, they're losing money, whatever. They still, I don't know, must, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I'm off. Maybe I don't understand this. But it's simply the lack of an exit strategy, right? Because let's talk a little bit more, right, about exit strategies when it comes to business. Because a lot of people don't understand how a normal business cycle goes, right? So let's take a look at like Facebook, right? Uh, let's take a look at Facebook. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't, you know, uh, let's take a look at another one. Like, because I don't like Mark Zuckerberg that much, but <laughs> he's a good guy. But I just don't, I think, I just thought, I like somebody, like, let's say uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates, right? Because I like him a lot. I like his, uh, I like his style. He was, you know, I liked how he was. So, Bill Gates started Microsoft, right? He put a lot, he put money, he put time, a lot of effort and time up front, right? So as time went on, he made a lot of money. He made money when the company was still public, right? So when the company, when a company goes, pu pu I mean, go when it was private, so when a company goes public, they, that what an IPO is, and I know you guys have heard this term, is what a company, let's talk about, let's go back and talk about the life cycle of a company, because I want to make sure you guys understand everything we're talking about. So a life cycle of a company is a company starts out small. In most cases, some companies start out big due to a lot of capital, but most companies start out very small. And as they grow, they need investors, right? Because most of the owners don't have the money it takes to grow a company, right? Because sometimes it takes millions and millions to grow a company, maybe sometimes billions. So maybe sometimes one person doesn't just doesn't have it. I don't care how rich they are. So when a company grows, they got to search for investors. So they do it privately, right? So there's a 
there's only so many people. There's only a certain type of investor can they can uh, they can they have to be already worth a million dollars to be able to invest in a private company. So that's not that many people work that much. So eventually, as a company gets bigger, they search for more people. So I mean, it gets to a point they actually need a lot of money to continue growing, right? Or the, the, the owners themselves want to say, hey, man, we put two, three years of work in this. We got to get something out of this. So a company, initially, they put their stocks on the stock market. That's the way we see them. The average person sees it on the stock market, Apple, and along with the other major, you know, the big stocks. They do what's called an IPO, initial public offering. So they sell their stocks to the public. The public buys them up the first day. From that point on, it's on the market. They don't make any money for that. Like if I go and buy an Apple stock, Apple doesn't make any money from that. They made money on the first initial sale, but they don't make any money now, right? So, so we sell it back and forth. It's like trading, but they don't make any money from that anymore. Only Apple only makes money the first day they, they offer it to the public. Uh, and, and they can do secondary, third offer, offerings or whatever, but normally it's the IPO. So that's what an IPO is. The owner's exiting. So when Mark, like, like for example, when a company actually, when they, when they do that IPO, that's what they're doing. They're exiting, right? They're exiting some of the risk. Because let's look at a, look at an owner. Let's look at a, a, a Bill Gates. Let's look at Bill Gates. Bill Gates built Microsoft, right? He built it up to a point. They do an IPO. They sell it to the public. So at the, before that IPO, Bill Gates has all the risk. Bill Gates, is, he, he has all the risk. He, he, so if the company fails at that point, he did, he did earn money from salary, but he doesn't have the money that he should have had. So all the risk is on him. So when they do the IPO and they sell, them, they sell the stocks to you and me and you buy them or whatever, now the risk is, is distributed. That person has walked away with a large sum of money in most cases, and that's, in, that's a partial exit. Mark Zuckerberg did it with Facebook, right? He's still the CEO, but he already exited out of, out of the company. He, he has a lot of his money has been converted to cash, and he's still, you know, he's he's still the CEO, but he's he's already exited a part of his position. His risk is not as big anymore. And let's talk about what happened to Tesla last week. Was it last week? Tesla, when they sold all those stocks, Tesla sold six billion dollars worth of stocks last week when the stock was at its highest point. That was an exit strategy. They got out of it. And got out of there, got some of their risk back, and while you know putting the risk on the market, which is a smart business strategy from their perspective. But from the you know retail investor, no, because that made that, that was the precursor to the stock dropping. But that's what they're doing is they're getting out of their positions. The rich people, the elite, always have exit strategies. They got they they're, they're going to get out of it. They're not going to have all their risk out there. So a lot of times as, as people, as, as we're new investors, as we're new stock people, we come into stocks, we don't understand that, that concept. So we go into stocks open-ended. We go into businesses open-ended with no strategy out there. Hope is just, just, uh, just on basically on hope, right? So when these obstacles come up, we don't know how to handle them. We don't know when to sell. We don't know when we should get out. We don't know. Right, so a company's going fast. I don't know. Should I sell? Should I not? What should I do? I don't know. Right, so it just keeps going and going and whatever. You don't know what to do. You just keep running. Go, go, go. And pretty soon, your the company could be to be so high that now you can't. And I'm telling you, this is a big problem in business, and people don't understand this. There's two problems I've seen. Like I said, I got a mentorship program, and we help people with these types of things. But I've also dealt with business owners in the past, and, and one of the biggest problems. When it comes to business owners, there's two things that happen. The company falls and they don't have enough money. They have to close the doors. But there's something that actually is, is pretty common that people don't realize. 
And this is something that's going to shock some of you. The company makes too much money, too fast, and the company has to shut down. And now some of you guys are thinking, how could that happen? Well, too much money? What? That's because they didn't plan for it. They didn't plan for it out. Company has grown so fast. There's so many clients, they didn't scale properly. So now they can't handle all these clients. They can't, and what happens? They fumble them over. They can't do it, whatever. They make a lot of people angry. They're not delivering products or services. And pretty soon the whole company falls because it was actually too successful. And that's a problem that people have. And that's, that's all that's solved with, the, with a proper strategy going forward, including the exit strategy. All that problems are solved with stocks and investing in business. They're all solved by proper planning, including that final exit strategy, right? So let's talk about some different exit strategies when it comes to business and when it comes to stocks, right? So let's talk about business, right? So whenever in, in business, when you start a company, you should always have an exit strategy in your initial business plan. And the reason is, it's simple, right? It's because I'm telling you this right now. If you're looking for investing, investment, if you're looking for vision or capital, nobody's going to even take you seriously unless you have an exit strategy in there. Nobody's even going to take you seriously because that looks like you are, you are, you're unprepared for what's going to happen. An exit strategy has to be in there. Now, what exit strategies could we have? Well, there's, 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 there's three, right? There's three, really. There's... There's continuing business, right? And people, that's, that's and like I said, an exit strategy could simply be continuing, right? In, in stocks, for example, if I buy a stock, it's a dividend stock, and I'm going to keep it for the rest of my life. And then when I die, I'm going to exit and pass it to my kids. That's, that's still an exit strategy, right? That's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying you got to give up your positions. I'm not saying you got to sell everything. I'm saying there needs to be a plan up to and including the end of life. Right, so let's say I have a business, you know, I got a bunch of dry cleaners all around the city. And I'm saying, man, you know, I'm making like $5 million a year with this. You know, my kids are good. They're gonna, they're gonna uh, uh, inherit it. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna pass it in, man. I'm gonna pass a good business. It's a good business, solid business. Dry cleaning's going nowhere. It's kind of recession proof. It's kind of inflate, it's kind of technology proof. So, you know, I'm gonna keep these forever. So what I'm gonna do, is I'm going to give it to my kids. Well, you still have to have an exit strategy because how are you going to give it to them? Are you going to split it between three kids? Are you going to split it between one? Is one smarter than the other one? So he's going to be the leader? There has to be a plan. And another thing is that when I'm going to pass an asset like a business onto my children, it has to be a transitional period, right? Because I can't just one day my kid goes off and be, becomes a lawyer, and I, I'm, so I'm on my deathbed. Oh, man, Johnny, you got to take over the family business. He doesn't know what to do. He has no idea, right? You, so that's what I'm saying is that you have, to, you have to have processes in place. You have to build towards that, right? Because Johnny may be able to take it over as a lawyer if there's processes in place where he could just step in as a, as a leader. So there's processes, there's, you know, there's already, you know, out, you know, contacts in place, there's partnerships, everything's basically on automatic. It's a passive stream of income. So yeah, Johnny will come in, take over, and that's okay. But if it's not like that, if it's not built properly, there's no process, everything's wild, it all depends on the father. If he's not there, everything doesn't work. And then he says, hey, Johnny, I'm about to die, come take over the business. Man, Johnny don't want that business because it's a headache. And I have a story, and one of the saddest stories I ever heard in my life. 
as a, as, as a young woman. And she was, me and her, I mean, we had a long conversation and she was actually crying on the phone. And what happened to her is that she was inherited a business. And a lot of people say, man, inherited a business? She's lucky. She, she's good. She, she's going to make money. No, she inherited a bad business, right? So her parents, uh, one of her parents died, the father. The mother was sick. They owned a string of liquor stores. They couldn't, they, they couldn't no longer do it. So they called him and said, man, you need to take over the family business. Okay, well, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to take over that business. Well, when she took that business over, what happened is that she, uh, she took the business over. And when she got in there, everything was a mess. There was no processes. Everything was in the father's head. So he couldn't even tell her because he was gone. She had to figure it out. She was crying on the phone saying that every day she was taking a loss. She poured no money out the business. She barely was making it financial wise, but she was so, she didn't want to give the business up because of her mom and her family. And she was crying on the phone to me. And that's one of the saddest conversations I had in my life. And it was all because of lack of planning, lack of an exit strategy, lack of, of processes. So when you hand it over to your child, so when you hand it over to that child, she could take it over, right? And people don't understand, sometimes businesses of a certain scale could have a leader who, who is good. He, he's, you know, he's been in it 20 years. He does it without even thinking about it. So somebody else steps in, they have no idea what's going on. No idea. And they don't have the 20 years to catch up. So the, the, the whole business is going to fail. It's going to suffer at minimum. It's fail at max. So let's talk about another one, right? So we talked about maybe passing to your kids. That's called a lifestyle business. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a business. I'm going to live, live like this. It's called a lifestyle business. I'm going to live my, I'm not going to grow it too much. I'm going to pull money out of the business. I'm going to live like that. And I'm going to pass to my kids. That's a lifestyle business. Okay. That's a certain type of exit strategy. That's okay. Right. But there's another one called the liquidation, right? So that means a liquidation is when the company fails and you have to say, look, we got to cut our losses, right? So we're down a hundred thousand. Maybe we could sell computers. Maybe we could sell, you know, our websites. Maybe we could sell some of our client list. You know, we can get something back, right? So a list of assets needs to be created. You need to know how you're going to get out of it, right? And the same thing with stocks, right? It comes to a point, you know, in stocks, you got a stock, you buy a stock, it can go either way. So it goes up, you, you, you preserve as much profit as possible. If it goes down, you got to cut your losses and liquidate the money and get as much money back as possible. And people don't notice that that's a win. That's a win. You, you know, people think that's a loss, right? And I can tell you this, like even with stocks, right? I can, uh, I can pick nine stocks out of 10 uh, that are going up. I'm, I'm good at that. I've been doing it for a while. I can pick nine out of 10, but I always tell people on the 10th one, if I don't manage that loss, the 10th one will take all the profits from the previous nine. The 10th one will take all my profits and I'm sitting there with nothing, right? Because I didn't manage that loss. So managing a loss is a win because it plays into the overall strategy. I managed my loss on the 10th one. Now the ninth one's carry me over. I'm still profitable. Same thing with businesses is that you sometimes it's best to cut a business uh, losses and move on to a more profitable business, move on to a more profitable model, move on to a more profitable way of doing business. You may not, your ultimate goal may be to, let's say, for example, sell t-shirts, right? Now try to sell a certain type of shirt. It fails. I'm losing money. Cut your losses, step back, 
reevaluate it, move forward with a different model. Now, some people think, oh, I'm never giving up. I'm never giving up, whatever. You have to have a point at which you cannot go forward. You have to. Now, it's okay. You're not giving up. It's, it's a cut in the losses. You step back, reevaluate, move forward again. Right? That's, not, that's, not a, that's, that's still a win. And that's what people need to change our mindsets to believe. That's still a win. You still won. You cut your losses when it could have been all the way to nothing, especially with stocks, right? If I got a stock is down 30%, I don't see any way out of it. I don't ride it all the way down because now I don't have nothing. I could have at least kept 70% of it at first. That's still a win. Riding it all the way down to nothing, that's a loss. You lost everything. We cut our losses minimal and we look, oh man, you know, I saved 70% of my money. That's still a win. So we need to change our mindsets on that, right? The third way is my favorite is the acquisition, right? And that comes, that, that, we're talking about businesses here, is that when you're dealing with a business, and this is something people don't understand, I'm trying to make you guys understand it, because some of you, like what we talk about on my Instagram, in my mentorship program, is that we, it's the triangle of wealth, right? You got a triangle at the top, at the top, you got building wealth, right? We build wealth through high income, high income paying jobs. That's why I teach tech classes. Uh, we we taught find ways of passive income, and we also uh, find ways to increase your value as an employee or a business owner. Either way, it don't matter. But but doing that, we have a lot of people that have businesses. We have a lot of people in the mentorship program that do have businesses. They have small business. They want to grow, and it's something that a lot of people don't understand is that. When we talk about exit strategy, you also have to kind of think about taxes. Taxes, a lot of people don't understand is taxes is part of a plan. You have to always be forward looking on taxes. You have to always think ahead with taxes. That's why in my classes, the last section, we always talk about taxes. Taxes is very important. You got to pay the tax man. He knows everything you're doing almost. He's going to figure it out. And if he figures it out, you're going to pay even more. It's like the mafia, right? You hold out on the mafia, they're going to make, take the money anyway, but they're going to make you pay for it. It's the same thing. The, tech, the tech government, will, if they find out, they're going to take the money anyway, but you're going to pay more. And they're going to make you suffer for not paying. So you might as well just get, do it in the first place. Like mafia comes by, hey man, uh, you owe us. So you might as well pay them, man. You can't escape them, right? It's a part of doing business. But... Let's talk about the acquisition because it's my favorite part and I've done it twice. With an acquisition, that means that you're going to sell the company eventually. That's best. I, I love doing that. And people say, why do you want to sell your company, man? Boy, keep it forever. But you got to understand. When you, when, I don't sell whole companies. I've sold projects twice. The last company, we sold for right under $2 million. The first one was a, a less than that. But when, when, okay, so this is what people don't understand with an acquisition. I want to explain it to you is that when you have a business, you're making profit, right? You're making profit, profit, profit. End of the year comes, uh, how, how's that profit taxed? The government makes you take a, a salary. You got to take a salary and it's a 60-40 split. So for example, if your company makes $100,000 a year, let's say $200,000, right? And you take it all out, you put it in your bank account, right? The government, says, well, there's two ways you could be taxed on money coming out of business. There's dividends, which is taxed, the highest rate is 20%. Then you got income. The highest rate is 30-something percent plus the Social Security. So you're playing a total of 35, 40% of your money plus the government salaries, all this stuff. About 40% of that goes to the government or some type of the state government and, and you got to pay unemployment insurance, all this stuff, about 40%, right? 
So you say, well, I'm going to take it all out as dividends. A lot of people do that, but that's, you actually get in trouble for that. If you get audited, they're going to say, look, it's 60-40. You got to take 60% of the money you pull out of the company in salary. The other 40 can be dividends. So you can't do that. You can, and sometimes they don't see it, but if you get audited, they're going to change that and say, no, you got to take 60%. So the only way they let you not take that 60% if there's an acquisition of your company. Now you're taxed at the lower 2018%. So let's say, for example, I make, let's say I'm making 50, uh, let's say I'm making three, $200,000 a year in my company, right? So at the end of the year, I'm paying 30% of that in taxes, 60,000 going every year, bam, bam, bam. So I said, look, man, I'm going to sell my company for five year uh, multiple. So what I'm making in one year, let's say five, that's 60 times multiple. Let's say, say, let's say, let's say three, let's say, let's say 60 times, 60 times multiple, right? So what I'm making in a month, I'm going to sell it for 60 times. So I'm making what? Let's say I'm making uh, three hundred thousand a year. That's roughly what twenty. It's about uh, forty thousand a month. No, it's thirty thousand a month. I think no, it's thirty. No, it's like twenty thousand. Let's say you make it twenty thousand dollars a month, right? So you sell the company for what twenty times sixty. That's uh, twelve million, right? So you sell it for twelve million. That's what you would have made in five years, but because you sold it as an acquisition, the taxes are way lower. So instead of paying 35% for five years, now you all, all you got to do is pay the capital gains. 20%, no salary, no nothing, and you take the money and you go. So by doing an acquisition, getting somebody to buy your company, you save ridiculously on taxes. Ridiculously. That's what people don't understand. When I sold my company, uh, I have a partner, we both sold it, but people were like, oh man, why'd you sell it? You're crazy. Because I was making a lot of money at the time. But they don't understand this stuff. Is that, yeah, you can make good money, but you're going to pay half of it in taxes. You sell it as a forward multiple. You sell it for ahead of, you're basically taking the money for five years, four years or whatever, and you're getting a way lower tax rate on it. Remember, money now is worth more than money in the future because of what's called opportunity cost. Money now is better. And people always say they got this little meme going around. It says, hey, would you rather have $2 million today or $4,000 $4, a week for the rest of your life? Uh, what was it? It's four, I think it's like 4000 a week or something like that. And I said, uh, look, I'll take the $2 million. I think that's what I said. Like, oh, why would you do that? That's crazy. I think it was 4000 Let me see. Yeah, I think it was four or 2000 a week or something. And I said, I'll take the $2 million. Oh, you're crazy. Man. I'd rather have the lifetime, uh, rather have the lifetime uh, salary. And I said, look, man, you give me the two million now, I put it into an investment account. I got I got the opportunity costs on my side. So I got the money. I don't have the so I got the money now, I put it in an investment account, right? So I'm drawing on it right now. Right. And you gotta remember, I got the money in the bank. If I come in the next 20 years, I come across an investment opportunity that's real good. That's real good. I got the money to put into something. That's called opportunity cost. If you got four thousand dollars a week, you don't have the money. Right, you got the money, but it's over a longer period. So you're missing out on what's called the opportunity value of money. The having money now is worth more than having it in the future, even if it's the same money. Because you got it now, you can do more with it. So if the money equals out, I'd rather have it today. Right? So in an acquisition, you got the money today, you got the opportunity value of the money, but you also have a reduced tax rate. And people don't know this about business. People don't understand this about taxation is that uh, acquisition gives you a, almost half as much taxes as you would pay over that five-year period. 
So that's an important part is to understand this stuff when it comes to exit strategies. When we're dealing with stocks, we're dealing with investments, we're dealing with businesses, we got to understand these things. Money, you have to understand how money works. Taxation is part of money. You got to understand how money works. Exit strategies are part of money. You got to understand how a dollar works. Because you got to understand these things. Because let's say some people, like, like we go back to that, that spear. We got things that we don't know that we don't know. Then we got things we know that we know. And then we got on the other side, we don't even know that we don't know it. Now, some of you didn't even know that. That the acquisition, with an acquisition, you pay a lower tax rate. So you would have built that business in a different way because you wouldn't have known that. You wouldn't have known that. So I got a good question. So did you go to school for this or taught yourself? Well, I went to school for computer science. I learned all this stuff doing businesses. I've had several businesses over the years. I've done, you know, I've uh, the stocks came actually because, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this in my class tomorrow too, is that the stocks came. And I'll tell you a story about that. Is that I was, so I come from poverty, right? I didn't have much money growing up. So I went to school for computer science. Got out of school, I was making good money. Uh, you know, decent money for somebody right out of college. So I come to my first job, right? I'm sitting there. The one of the only minorities there. I'm a software engineer, first year. Uh, I think it was my second job. I did take a little job. It was my second job when I moved to Florida. So I'm sitting there. Dude comes around the cubicle. Hey, man, my name is Dorian. He's an older white dude. I said, oh, man, nice to meet you, Dorian, right? So about a weekend, I see this dude trading stocks. Now, he was a senior developer. He made a lot. He was already into the six figures by then. He was making a lot of money. He was at the end of, he was about the end of his career. He was about 50 years old. And he was like, hey, man, I said, what are you doing? What is that? He said, man, this is stocks. It's stocks. I mean, I've only heard about that in passing. He said, yeah, man, you know, you can make a lot of money in stocks. Oh, okay, that's interesting, man. So every once in a while, I look around my cubicle. He's doing stocks. Oh, man, that's weird, man. What's this dude doing? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then eventually I got into it. He started telling me about it. We went out to lunch. He sat down and explained it to me. He would meet me on the weekends. He told me everything about it, everything I needed to know right then. But at, from that base, I was able to go forward uh, and, and build on that base. But the reason I got into that, I didn't. It was, it was stuff about stocks I didn't know that I didn't know. But I had to be exposed to somebody. Technology and being a software engineer moved me into that world where I was exposed to, uh, exposed to stocks and, and finance. I never would have learned that stuff from where I was from. I never would have learned that stuff from being around, you know, the people I grew up around. You know, I never would have learned it. Nobody talked like this. Nobody talked about stuff. So I was exposed to it. That's what made me able to be able to learn it, right? I just wanted to, you know, so we talked about exit strategies because it's very, that, that's a very, very important part of trading, investing, and business, right? And I want to make sure you guys understand the depth of this, right? So I always talk about exit strategy because it's very important. So, and it's because, like I said, people don't understand this. People don't get it. People don't know that they don't know these very, very, very important things. One of the biggest reasons people fail in stocks is because they don't understand the, the, the exit strategies. Exit strategies in stocks are simple, right? It's, it's, it's that you got to preserve your profit or you got to cut your losses. So, with all of that being said, I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening, and have a great night.